What wondrous love is this, O oh my soul? What is it? It's an it's a, uh, interesting question. What is it? I want to take you to God's people that had just left the, the uh, uh, bondage of Egypt. Uh, God told them that they were headed to the promised land. They would meander their way through the wilderness for some 40 years until they got there. And do you know that God's love was such for His people that He would provide for them every day some of this bread from heaven. That they would wake up, they would go outside, and there would be on the ground this like this frosty stuff that tasted a bit like coriander seed, whatever that is, and honey. And they woke up one morning, they said, what is it? What is this stuff? What is this stuff? And, and God would say, this is bread from heaven. This is what God has provided for you. This is bread that God would provide for 40 years. This daily bread from heaven. And maybe you've heard the name of it. What is that bread from heaven called? Anybody know? Manna. Do you know what manna actually is? What it means? What is it? It's, it's really cool. I mean, so manna in the Hebrew is really like, what is it? So they were eating every morning. What is it? It's bread from heaven. What is it? Well, we are going to be answering or looking at the question, what is it, when it talks about the true bread from heaven, and that is Jesus, and examining what is it. Last week, we looked at the question, who is this? Or who is Jesus? Uh, uh, people ask, the religious leaders ask, who do you think you are? Who are you? Who is this Jesus? Well, this week it's more of what is. What is Jesus? Or, or what is Jesus claiming when he says that Jesus is the true bread from heaven? That whoever feeds on him, Scripture says, whoever feeds on Jesus, you got to get this, you're not going to hunger. You're, you're not going to thirst. Whoever has this, this feeding upon Jesus, you're going you're gonna to live eternally according to Jesus' own words. And that's where we are. We're in a sermon series that has connected us back to the fall when we looked at our rock through the ages. And, and what we're doing here at King's Chapel is we're going to look through all of Scripture and see that all of Scripture is going to point us to God's Son Jesus as our, as our only hope and our Savior. And it's amazing because as you look through this incredible book and these... Uh, 66 books and two testaments from the very beginning to the very end. The story tells one story. There's one champion. There's one hero. And it's Jesus. And Jesus is not just a character that rises up in the New Testament, but he's one from the very beginning, eternal God himself. And we're going to listen to Jesus in his own words, because in the Gospel of John, uh, incredible gospel, uh, the fourth gospel, Jesus is going to have some I am statements. And this morning we're going to look at him saying, I am the bread of life. Well, if you missed this last week, let me encourage you to go back and listen, because we got to understand when Jesus said the phrase, I am, right there, it was an incredibly powerful statement that the Jewish leaders of his day knew what he was doing. That Jesus wasn't just describing himself like, hey, I'm the bread of life. When he uses that phrase, I am, he was taking the very name of God, the holy name of God that God had revealed to Moses at the burning bush. And we looked at that last week in Exodus chapter 3, that as God has 
told Moses, hey Moses, I'm going to send you back to the most powerful man in the world. I'm going to send you back to Pharaoh because I'm, I'm hearing my people's groans and I care for them, I love them, and I promise them a promised land. So Moses, man, I'm going to send you back and, and I'm going to use you. We're going to do some mighty things uh, through you and, and reveal myself for who I am. I'm going to lead my people out of bondage and into the promised land. And Moses is like, okay, uh, what do I tell the most powerful person in the world who, who sent me? Who is this God? And God reveals his name as Yahweh. I am who I am. I will be who I will be. And so when we get the context of this and we, we sit in the sandals of those around Jesus or stand in the sandals of those around Jesus and we hear the I am, there's such a, there's such a reverberation. There's such a depth of, of what is happening. If you remember last week when Jesus said, hey, before this Abraham, that, that you think this is because you're Jewish and you're circumcised, you've got a relationship with God, and you think you're okay because you've got this, this connection to Abraham. And Jesus says the words, listen, before Abraham was, I am. And they all, the religious leaders, picked up stones to kill him. Why? Because he was claiming the very name of God. We looked at C.S. Lewis with some of his writings out of Mere Christianity that describe Jesus as saying, Jesus is one of three things. He's, he's a lunatic because loony tune people claim to be God. And we, we've seen in maybe my lifetime the David Koresh's or the Jim Joneses or, or those who claim deity uh, to be God. And, and they're loony. You avoid them. You, you, you institutionalize them. Or he's a liar. Um, because he claimed to be God, or he is that which he claimed to be, he is Lord. And so here we have Jesus in his own words in John, and he's, here we have uh, him now saying in his own words that Jesus says, I am the bread of life. I'm the bread of life. Uh, and let me give you a little context. We're going to be in John 6 this morning. Uh, in John 6, an, an incredible passage of scripture it begins that jesus is going to feed the five thousand um jesus is going to take a, a few fish some couple loaves of bread and he's going to feed five thousand you know what scripture says by the way they counted just the men all right so there's even more than that and he's going to do it and guess what they're going to have leftovers like 12 baskets full of leftovers i mean this is absolutely incredible also right before this teaching Jesus not only feeds the 5,000, but he walks on water. They all noticed that he came with a boat with his disciples. They noticed his disciples got into the boat. He didn't. He did what he normally does, hangs out and prays all night. And then he walks on the water. And so now you have people that are going to seek after Jesus. So it's kind of interesting. Now, if we, if we were a Jewish audience, a Jewish audience that was, was well-versed in the Jewish scriptures... Um, the story would be very similar to us. Uh, listen, the story, when they think about being fed miraculously with food, with broken bread, they would immediately be thinking, oh yeah, that's right, we had our forefathers, they too were fed, they were fed in, 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 their, in the desert, were being fed, they would think about, oh yeah, our, our people had this miraculous crossing, they crossed the Red Sea, they did it on dry land, here you had Jesus with another miraculous crossing. He walks on water. And they would have this context of, of the story that they are hearing of, of this miraculous feeding in the wilderness 
that manna has come and walking on water. So John 6, what I, what I really find intriguing about this is John 6, it begins with a, with a huge crowd of people. Uh, it begins with a huge crowd of people. Matter of fact, we know that he feeds 5,000. But John 6 is going to tell us this is huge crowd of people. Watch this. They're seeking Jesus. They're seeking him. So you think, all right, success, cool, right? I mean, this is good news. You've got a lot of people. They start seeking Jesus. But John 6 ends with most people leaving. John 6 ends with most people saying, who is this guy? He's got to be a lunatic. He's talking about that he's the bread of life. He's talking about that if we feed on him, we live forever. He tells us that his, his flesh is too, that's true food and his, his blood is, is real drink. He's crazy. And they leave. At the end of chapter 6, we're going to get to it, but it's such a beautiful scene where you just see the exodus of people who thought Jesus was something and they're realizing he's something else. And there they go. And he turns to his disciples and says, Well, fellas, you want to go too? And Peter, oh, I love Peter. First to think, I'm sorry, sorry. First to speak, usually last to think. First to get on the water, first to sink. Peter, man, the guy, man, what a, what a beautiful mess Peter was. But Peter knocked it out of the park here. He said to Jesus, where do we go? Where do we go? Because you, Jesus, you're the one who holds these words of life. You are holy God. And we have come to believe, and the Father has revealed the truth that you are that great I am. So my hope and prayer is that each one of us will know Jesus as the true bread of life. Because here's what he tells all of us, whether you're online or in person. Jesus says, whoever shall come to me shall no longer hunger. Whoever believes in me shall no longer thirst. We're going to look at two things this morning. We want to be seeking the bread. We're going to compare two things. One is seeking the bread that fills our stomachs. That is basically seeking the things of this world that, that fills us or feeding on the bread of life that satisfies our souls. Let us hear Jesus in his own words. We're actually, um, what's going to come on the screen is only in John 6. But because I love you so much, I have to go back to Exodus. And so we're going to pick up in Exodus chapter 16, um, and I'm going to read verse 4, and then a few verses in Exodus 16. Let me set the context. Exodus is when they first got this manna from heaven. So let's, let's get the context, a little bit of this, and then we're going to jump to John. Now let me tell you something else. I'm going to read a lot of verses today, and I have a hard time sometimes picking out which ones to read to you and which ones not. But the story is so amazing, and this is God's holy word, whether we're in Exodus or in John or anywhere in between. This is God's word. So let us hear the word of the Lord. Exodus 16, verse 4. If you have your Bibles, you can jump with me there. Um, those of you who don't, the words won't be here, so you've got to listen until we get to John. So by the way, let me give you a quick context. God has, has led his people out of slavery, Egypt. They're in now heading to the promised land. And the people are grumbling because they don't have enough to eat. And they're thirsty and they're hungry. And they think, why don't we go back, back home where we seem to have enough? Verse 4. Then the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I'm about to rain bread from heaven for, for you. 
And the people shall go out and gather a day's portion every day that I may test them whether they will walk in my law or not. Verse 13. In the evening, quail came up and covered the camp. They asked for meat. And in the morning, dew lay around the ground. And when the dew had gone up, there was on the face of the wilderness a fine flake-like thing, fine as frost on the ground. When the people of Israel saw it, they said to one another, What is it? Which means, man. From they did not know what it was. And Moses said to them, It is bread that the Lord has given you to eat. This is what the Lord has commanded. Gather of it, each one of you, as much as he can eat. You shall each take an omer uh, according to the number of the Pearsons that each of you has in your tent. And the people of Israel did so. They gathered some more, some less. But when they measured it with an omer, whoever gathered much had nothing left over, and whoever gathered little had no lack. Each of them gathered as much as he could eat. And Moses said to them, Let no one leave any of it over uh, till the morning. But they did not listen to Moses. Some left part of it till the morning, and it bred worms and stank. And, God, and Moses was angry with them. Morning by morning they gathered it, each as much as they could eat. But when the sun grew hot, it melted. It's kind of cool bread, isn't it? And now verse 31. Now the house of Israel called it manna. And it was like a coriander seed, white. And it tasted uh, as it was like wafers made with honey. All right, let's go to John 6. In John 6, I'm going to start in verse 22. And... Read the story from there. On the next day, Jesus had walked on the water the previous day, and he fed 5,000. On the next day, the crowd remained on the other side of the sea and saw that there had been only one boat there and that Jesus had not entered the boat with his disciples, but with his disciples had gone away alone. Other boats from Tiberias came near the place where they had eaten the bread after the Lord had given thanks. So when the crowd saw that Jesus was not there, nor his disciples, they themselves got into boats and went to Capernaum seeking Jesus. You think this is a win. People are in their boats going to seek Jesus. And when they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Remember, they couldn't understand this miraculous crossing. Jesus answered them, truly, truly, I say to you, you are seeking me not because you saw signs, because you ate your fill of loaves. Do not work for the food that perishes, but the, for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. For on him God the Father has set his seal, the seal of approval. Then he said to him, then they said to him, What must we do to be doing the works of God? Jesus answered them, this is the work of God. Don't miss this. This is the gospel. What must we do? This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. So they said to him, then what sign do you do that we may see and believe you? Remember, what sign did he just do? He just fed 5,000. He just walked on water. What do you perform? Our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. 
Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. From the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall not thirst. But I say to you that you have seen me and have not believed. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never cast out. For I have come down from heaven, and not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I shall lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last days. So the Jews grumbled about him, because he says, I am the bread that came down from heaven. They said, is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How does he say that I've come down from heaven? Jesus answered them, Do not grumble among yourselves. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws them. And I will raise him up on the last day. As it is written in the prophets, and they will all be taught by God. Everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. He goes on to say, let me, let me skip to verse uh, um, 66. After many of his disciples turned away and no longer walked with him. So Jesus said to the twelve, Do you want to go away as well? Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And we have believed and we have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. And Jesus answered them, Did I not choose you, the twelve? And yet one of you is the devil. He spoke as Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot. For he, one of the twelve, was going to betray him. We read a lot. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Oh, Father God, I just love your story. It's just so incredibly beautiful that you are a God who would feed your people in the wilderness with manna. What is it? This bread from heaven. But God, that bread from heaven would point to the ultimate bread of life, bread of heaven, your son, Jesus. And God, we thank you for your son who would come and who would be able to feed the masses miraculously through the broken bread and and the fish. That was able to walk on the water. But God, so much more important than the miracles that he did is the life that he gives. That by believing in him, we can have life and life eternally. God, this story is a story of those who seemingly were seeking Jesus but went away disappointed. They wanted something different. God, would your spirit come and be teachers so that we could see Jesus for who he truly is. And God, would you give us the grace for all of us to feed on Christ, that our souls would be set free and nourished this morning. God, the things that I say that are just my opinion are wrong, may those things be forgotten and fall away quickly. But the things that are said that are true and contain the good news of the gospel, would you use those things to make us more like your Son, our Savior Jesus? And it's in his matchless name that we pray. Amen.
First thing we got to see in this incredible text is that there were those who were seeking the bread of Jesus, uh, the teaching of Jesus, what he could offer that would kind of fill their stomachs. Uh, they wanted to have a closeness to Jesus that would tickle their fancy, that would kind of blow their mind uh, and kind of feed uh, their hungers. Uh, but they missed the real Jesus who is. All right, you know what they say? The best thing in life, this is the best thing since. How bad were those times that the best thing is sliced bread? Really? I mean, I love sliced bread, but the best thing since sliced bread. Apparently, before you had sliced bread, life was really, really difficult. But then, thank you to Otto Frederick Rowetter from Davenport, Iowa, uh, invented the first loaf-at-a-time bread slicing machine in 1928, and everything else got better because why we could slice bread. And guess who made that bread slicer famous? Wonder Bread. Anybody remember Wonder Bread? That sliced white bread, what they did is they processed the flour, they bleached the, re- the, the wheat, they added sugar, they virtually took out any nutritional value that bread could ever have. They it tried to enrich it and add back in some nutritional values, and they said this was the best thing. The best thing we can have. It's a wonder that our parents fed us that stuff, right? It's a wonder that we had a generation eating that stuff. It was soft, it was white, it was uh, pillowy, it was, it was kind of filling, but if we look at the nutritional values, it was not satisfying. Has bread not changed over the years? What, what kind of bread do you eat now? I mean, again, I grew up, like many of you, as a Wonder Boy kid, now wanting to yell at my parents, thinking, what were you thinking, giving us this stuff? Now, what do you eat? I mean, is it Dave's bread? Uh, do you, some of you are saying, yeah, how about Ezekiel bread? I mean, for those of you who really love the Lord, you get Ezekiel bread because that's the biblical bread, right? I mean, um, I'm not sure it's a biblical bread. But I do know this, that bread has got a way more nutritional values. It's so much different for us. And you don't get my size without loving bread, especially with butter on it. But then you realize that there's things like carbs. And carbs nowadays... Uh, Put on pounds, and if you you really want to lose weight fast, uh, you want to avoid those carbs. Well, um, you know it's it's interesting. <laughs> what were people looking for in Jesus's day when he says, "I'm the bread of life"? They were looking for wonder bread. They were looking for a wonder bread that would blow their mind. They were looking for something that tastes good that would fill their stomachs. Uh, but they weren't necessarily looking for the true bread of heaven. Uh, they, they, they weren't looking for the carbs that he was offering, a life and life abundantly that he was offering. But Jesus is the reality of that true wonder bread that has come from heaven. What did they want to do? They wanted to, they wanted to fill their lives with Jesus' wonders. They, they were seeking after him. Why? This, this dude took a, a few loaves of bread and fish, and he fed 5,000. It was incredible. And he was able to, to walk on, on water. And, and they would say, do some more signs. Jesus, like, like, show us some more tricks. Jesus, I mean, what else can you do? I mean, this is phenomenal. This is like a freak show, you know? I mean, 
what you're, what you're able to do. Now, we don't necessarily want you to be our Lord, and we don't necessarily want you to be our Savior, but God, can you, can you fill our lives with cool stuff? That's what they were, they were doing, to kind of like basically fill our stomachs. People weren't looking for that bread of heaven. Uh, they were looking for something, again, that, that would fill them and not satisfy them. They just wanted these wonder works of gratification. And here's what we got to know for our own lives. Jesus didn't come to ever meet our demands. Jesus comes to meet our needs. Jesus comes to be our daily bread. And Jesus comes to tell us that no matter what happens in life, no matter where you are in life, no matter what is going on in life, that He is enough. There was something beautiful about how God provided for His people in the Old Testament through manna. They couldn't gather more than one day's worth. And I love the reality because when they didn't trust God and they got really nervous that, that they had to uh, um, you gather more bread for the next day, here's what happened. It rotted. It became filled with worms. And what is God teaching us? Listen, I'm enough. I'm enough for you every day. We are to come to Jesus every day and, and feed upon him. What in the world did Jesus mean when he says to them, anyone who feeds on me will never hunger or thirst? I think the question goes back to this for all of us. Are we hoping to be full or are we longing to be satisfied? How is it with your life? Are you hoping to have a full life with lots of stuff? I don't want so much in my flesh. Are you really longing to be satisfied? Because what God is promising us in Christ Jesus is He's made us in His image. He's made us for Himself. And the only way we will truly be satisfied is to know and love Him. I remember as a dad, I was trying to teach this lesson uh, to my, my boys. We were playing golf uh, on a fancy golf course one day, and we're in a neighborhood that was a lot nicer than ours, and we're playing in a, in a neighborhood with a lot bigger houses, and I was trying to make a good point to my son. I, I said to Caleb, he's a little bit younger, I said, now Caleb, if we lived in that house right there, do you really think we'd be any happier? He looked at it. I think a little bit. <laughs> I got okay. I raised a materialist, so... But we really be happy? And I think that that's just the reality. We think it's just a little bit more. Uh, the world, what the world will give us at times is a sense of being full, but only Jesus can give us the feeling of being satisfied. Satisfied. To know and love Him. We've got to understand this. The world cannot fill the eternity that God put in our hearts. One of my favorite verses in the book of Ecclesiastes is God has put eternity in our hearts. Think about that. What can fill eternity? Can you have enough money, enough relationships, enough things that this world has to offer? It'll never, ever be enough. You can never get full on this world. Jesus himself will say in Matthew 16, what good is it to gain the whole world and to lose your very soul? But the reality is this, is that Jesus is and always will be enough. It may not be enough to fill your bank account. And it may not be enough that the fact that the reality you still have some more longings in this world. But Jesus will never run dry. And Jesus is the true bread from heaven. And he has made you for himself. And your longings and your deepest longings can only be met and matched in him. 
And I love how we started as Ashley uh, read us this morning our call to worship. He says, come, everyone who thirsts. We all thirst. We're all broken. We're all needy. This is all of us. Come to the waters. And he who has no money, come and buy and eat. Come and buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend your money on that which is not bread and your labor for that which does not satisfy? Listen diligently to me and eat what is good and delight yourself in rich food. Here's what God is saying. What are you chasing after? What are you longing for? What are you hoping is going to fill the void in your life? What do you keep looking after over and over and over again to say, fill me, fill me, fill me? The scripture is going to say, why spend your life? Why spend your resources? Why spend your money on that which will not ultimately satisfy? But seek ye first the kingdom of God. Seek the true bread from heaven that's come down, that loves you and knows you. Seek a relationship with him. Feed upon Christ so that you will be filled. And that's instead of saying we want to look for bread that will just satisfy our stomachs. Secondly, feeding on the bread of life that really satisfies our souls. Jesus will say in Matthew 11, verse 33, Come to me, all you who are labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Being a pastor, I deal with people in my own life as well who are very weary, who are very burdened. Burdened by work, burdened by family, burdened by money, Burdened by these things, this world. It's, it's like uh, Pat Morley once said. I don't, I don't know if he was the one who originated this, but no one ever wins the rat race. But we're all in it. And every tomorrow, some of you are going to start running faster. And here you have Jesus on the other side. says, listen, come to me. Come to me, all you who labor are heavy laden. And let me give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. This is the bread of life, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The best thing in life, i got to tell you, and I'm pretty convinced of this, not just my opinion, the best thing in life is not sliced bread. Amen? You know what it is? It's broken bread. The broken bread of Jesus that gives us life. That's what we celebrate with communion. My body that was broken for you. He is the bread of life. And he didn't come just to blow our minds. He came to transform our lives. He didn't come just to fill our stomachs. He came to satisfy our souls. To give us not just abundance in this life of stuff, but to be enough through all of our trials and and all of our pains. He's come to give us eternal life. Jesus satisfies our souls, not our stomachs or our bank accounts necessarily. He'll provide for us the daily bread, but he doesn't give us always that which we can hoard. I love the fact, again, that that the manna is supposed to be collected daily. How is your walk with Jesus? Is it a daily bread walk with him, coming to him, being reminded of who he is. Are you looking to Jesus just to fill your stomach, your life with your needs, or to satisfy your soul? Are you seeking Jesus to be a sugar daddy or a savior? You see, at the end of the story, a lot of them left. They thought he was a lunatic. A lot of them left because he didn't do what they wanted. But he always offers what we need. 
and life and life abundantly in him. Before we close, they ask a question that we have to see. They ask Jesus a question. What work must we do to do the work of God? You know, we always want to save ourselves. We always want to justify ourselves. We want to do enough that God will know and love us. And what did Jesus say the work of God is? Believe. You want to please God? You want a relationship with God? It's not what you and I do. It's never by our righteousness. It's all been done for us. All that God requires of us, God has provided for us in Christ Jesus. And the work that we do, God graciously gives us, is to believe that Jesus is the great I am and the bread of life. And to believe in him. As we believe in him, we'll hunger and thirst no more for what this world will offer. Do you believe in that one. Feed on Christ, the one whose body was broken, the one whose blood was spilled. Feed by faith. Live upon Christ Jesus. And I love the words again as we close of Peter. To whom else shall we go? Because Jesus and Jesus alone holds eternal life. Jesus and Jesus alone is the Holy One of God. To those who believe in Him, we have life and life everlasting. Continue to feed on Christ. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for this incredible story. And thank you for the reality that Jesus is that true bread that stepped out of heaven. That if we can feed on him by faith, by your grace, and believe that he is who he claimed to be, the Son of God and the only Savior of sinners, that we can have life and life abundantly. Oh, Lord, there's nothing in this world that can satisfy us like Jesus because we are made in your image and only Jesus can fill that eternity, that whole of our hearts. God, forgive us for all the things that we've pursued after to try to be filled instead of being satisfied. And God, may we delight daily in Jesus, our Savior. We pray in his matchless name. Amen.